You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 287, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners like you. Of the iFanboy Pick Week podcast. In fact, it's episode 287, which is not the code for murder. That's 187. It's true. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hi. And Josh Flanagan. What's up? I wonder what the 287 code is. If you're a cop, let us know. Broken glass. Oh, okay. We are from the website iFanboy.com, which is all about the enjoyment and celebration of comic books and all the great things that come with comic books. And every week on Wednesday, we read a stack of comics. Uh, sometimes, like this week, it's a very mighty stack. And uh, then one of us has the responsibility of deeming the book that we believe that person believes is the pick of the week, the book they enjoyed the most that week. And then we come back here and talk about it, as well as the other books that came out, as well as any other topics of interest that we're interested in talking about, because it's our show, and that's what we do. Dance, we monkey. can do what we want. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> so before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show. We're going to be reviewing and talking about the books and, oh. what, and what happened in them. Crap. So if you don't want that spoiled or ruined, <laughs> press pause, come back, listen later after you've read your comic books. Uh, but from here on in, be warned, be careful. We are not responsible for ruining your enjoyment of your comic books. Only you are responsible for your enjoyment of your comic books. Or Tony Daniel. Or, to- or yeah. Or, Ooh, yeah. snap. Wow. I haven't, I haven't thought about that name in years. Um, Stuart Hawkman. Is, oh, right. He is. All right. So this week, Connor had to pick. Connor? Well, it's a good thing A, it was a light week, and B, that nothing was going on in comics. Yeah, I know. It was just like grasping at straws of things to talk about this week. Yeah, good thing I I didn't have time to read my books on Wednesday. So the the pick of the week was Criminal, The Last of the Innocent, number one, the newest criminal miniseries. It's been a year since the last one came out. And it's felt like longer because there's been, what, five miniseries of Criminal, I believe, since he started, since Brubaker and Sean Phillips. They're, this is, they're yeah, this owned. is the sixth one. They're five, yeah. Yep. They're creator-owned icon book from Marvel's Icon imprint. Um, I loved the first three. The, the, the last two I didn't like as much. And so for me, the luster had gone off Criminal a bit. It used to be that was my favorite book. I always listed it as my favorite book. You know, one of my top five, when we talked about the barbecue shows, we always list our top five books. It used to be on there all the time. Um, but for, I didn't love the last two, and then we had a year off, year break. So when this came back, I was less excited but more interested. But this issue I thought was fantastic, and it brought back all the love I had for the first three minis. It reminded me how much I love it, and it's almost an indefinable quality to it. It's hard to put your finger on what exactly makes one criminal miniseries work over another. It, it, there's all these different um, elements to a criminal story that, and they have to work together the, in the right way. And I think. This the setting, the characters, the build up, the the fact that it's in 1982 is in a small town. I, I found everything everything about this to be interesting. This potentially might be, I think, has the potential to be my favorite of the criminal arcs because this feels completely revigorated and like a different kind of energy than the previous ones. Yes, exactly. You totally. know, and, I, I feel bad. Feel it. And it was from the you know, and, and I I read your review and and we've talked about it and I enjoyed Bad Night. I didn't enjoy the you know I I, I kind of see what you're saying about the sinners, but Bad Night I did enjoy, but. Um, the moment I saw the cover for this one, mm-hmm. I, like when, a couple of weeks ago when they, when they released the cover, and I was like, "Ooh, oh, this yeah. is you know, this one's gonna be one to notice." And this one like was so inventive and like I mean, it totally blew me away. Totally blew me away. Well, the criminal the criminal series, I guess if you want to call it, is about you know low life criminals, people people who do bad things. And this particular issue is set in 1982. And there's a guy living in the city, and he's sort of a low-level criminal, and he's got gambling problems. He owes these guys money, and they're going to break his legs. But he's got to go home to his hometown because his father's dying. And it's, it's like one of those idyllic little Rockwell-esque towns that looks like it's still 1960. There's cheerleaders in a, in a pan, wood panel car, you know, and, and everything looks all nice. And, and he's got a wife who's rich. She's, she's the daughter of the town rich guy, and, and there's, she's cheating on him and with, with her old friend from, from growing up. And he's got a girl next door that he used to love, and there's a best friend who's a junkie. So you start to peel away the layers of this idyllic town, and you find lots of dirty stuff on the, underneath. 
And then it basically ends with he's got to get out from under his life that he hates. And it ends with the last line of the book is I got to kill my wife. <laughs> and Which seems it, like a stretch. A little bit. I was like, well, you could just get a divorce. Or... <laughs> you just leave no, her, I, yeah. think, I think there's, I mean, you, you've got to. He needs the money. Oh, I know, I know. Father-in-law, who, yeah. and he owes people money, and he's got to kill his wife. Yeah. And she, you, she, you can tell she's, she's, she's kind of the stereotypical rich bitch kind of ice-cold wife. And you, I don't know that he's going to get, he's gonna get any money in that divorce. So. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, she, I just loved she, everything about she, this from the from the characters, I thought the the device of showing the flashbacks in sort of an old school uh, children's art style, but it, it was all involving drugs and sex and things that you wouldn't have seen in those now, old books. We were to the title of the book, which takes it to takes it to Wortham directly. Yeah, uh, is was something I liked a lot. Yeah, well, the last of the innocent and using the using the flashback, you know, like the 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 childlike or more you know like early comics kind of style cartooning. Um, was just great. I I feel like I've I read this device in another book somewhere, and I can't remember. We were talking about it in the shop. Like I I want to say Dan Klaus, but I don't think so. Um, but a similar kind of thing where taking that very Archie Lil Abner kind of style of art and putting like just nasty shit happening during it. And I, can't, I feel like I've seen it too. But yeah, I, don't know I can't remember where I saw it, but it worked great here. I love the uh, uh, the flashback of the of his wife uh, at prom night. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that one was great. That was my favorite of them all. Like I want that page actually. Like that was just <laughs> awesome. And to see Sean Phillips change in range and change his style and draw on this kind of you know more you know kind of you know simple kind of cartooning kind of style was was a, a, I thought a blast. And this, like I said, this book had so much energy and such a different feel than any of the criminal books. Like this this I feel like this one could be the like the best one of the bunch so far. So, Josh, you're a big fan. What did you think? Yeah. Of this? Well, I'm gonna now. This is the point in the show when I say something that sounds like it's not going to come from me, but perhaps Ron. I, I, I love this paper. Mm. This is great paper. <laughs> yeah, it's good paper. It's, yeah. it's, no, it's really good. It's not glossy. It's like a nice weight to it. The color looks fantastic. Um, I, I liked it. I liked that it was uh, – I'm not like uh, 100% sold on it yet, but I, I never am at first. I have to get, sort of get into something before I make that call. But um, I like that it, it changed up the, the sort of background because every other one has been in the filthy, grimy city. Yeah. And this is just a, a, a different way to look at it. So I, 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 I enjoy the fact that I, I didn't really know what it was uh, through most of it. It was enough to keep going. And by the time I – like when they were using the flashback devices, it reminded me of, of – I think it was a bad night was the one that, where the guy was a cartoonist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of that and I was like, wait, are we still doing that? And then I realized that we weren't and, that, and that, that's fine. Um, you know, it does. I, I love. You know, I, I love Sean Phillips. You know, he's he's absolutely one of my favorites, and he. You know, I, I didn't. Incognito is not my favorite thing, and and the other stuff that he tends to do uh, is not my favorite thing either. So this is like a really good way to sort of get. It just reminds me of, of when we get to get to get sleeper. You know, like I'm just like, oh, it's just it's so good looking, and and when they when when Brubaker and Phillips work well together, and they really hit it. Yeah. It's just it's just something very right about it, and so I, I got that feeling as I was going through this, and I and I want to know what's gonna, what's happening next. I was really, uh, is it freak out? Is that the dude's name? Mm-hmm. Freak out? Like I, he's interesting to me. I feel like yeah. I feel like all these seeds were laid. I feel like something's gonna happen with him that we don't expect, and then something's gonna happen with that guy uh, Brock, who's the cop who used to be the bully. You know, uh, that's all. He was, he was the moose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love I love the sequence where he's uh, well. First off, he, he he falls asleep on the couch reading his old comics, and it's all the old pre Wortham you know crime yeah, never see, pays see, yeah easy yeah. stuff. And then he goes into this dream and great mixing of Philip style drawing the main character in his style, but in the kind of you know simple you know you know pre golden age kind of cartooning style like the where he's reaching out to touch himself. I thought that was great. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Did freak me out a not, little. Not sexy way. Anyway. Not in a sexy no, way. No, not. Did freak, well, did freak me out a little on the second page when we found out the character's last name was Richards. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Which is no. the best. It's the best name to yell angrily. <laughs> it is. You, you really, you got something there yeah, that, that a lot of people don't know. So, um, but and no, normally I don't. I'm not one for the uh, back matter. Um, the back I matter essays. I love the Encyclopedia Brown books as yes, a kid. I, I don't ever read these these essays, but I saw Encyclopedia Brown and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, got this. Yeah, you had Brubaker had me at Encyclopedia Brown. So, <laughs> you should do an Encyclopedia Brown comic. Uh, I, I'm I'm really excited for this. I mean, is there, how many issues is this? Five or six, or do we know? Whatever the standard length is, yeah. five. Usually yeah. five. Yeah. yeah I'm just, excited. I hope they do more. I, I've heard rumors this might be the last one. I know they don't do very well, but 
any any criminals is good now. I'm happy it's back. And it's funny because as we talked earlier, I had a huge stack, and I read this first. And after every book I finished, I was like, "Not as good as criminal." Yeah, it was criminal, and I got to the end, and I was good as criminal, and that was, and it was clearly uh, the best. And uh, as I said in the review, the most relatable. I mean, these people are all pretty bad, but they were the most human. Yep. And you know, mm-hmm. and not to say these the superheroes aren't relatable, but. It was the one that drew me in the most, and I, I cared about the characters the most, and cared about what was going to happen next the most. Yeah, it was. Cl- I mean, clear. It wasn't even an issue when I finished my, my stack. What was going to be the pick of the week? Yeah. Uh, Criminal: The Last of the Innocent, number one. If you've never read a Criminal, you you can pick this up. You don't need to have read any other series. They're all standalone miniseries. There, there's a couple of them that are linked vaguely, but you can read them all alone. But I can't recommend Criminal: The Last of the Innocent, number one, enough. Cool. Um, uh, now uh, this is I like when we talk about Fear itself because I don't know where it's going to go. I didn't <laughs> check your ratings, and I, I, I well, honestly couldn't this tell was you. Huge because we had Fear itself, and we had Flashpoint. I know it was right. like Battle of the Network events. Um, well, first off, I mean the first comment right out of the gate is I'll be the annoying comic fan. All right. So I guess oh. so I guess Bucky's not in Russian prison anymore, huh? <laughs> well, if he does, they're not going to take good care of him. <laughs> um, and he, he, he needs it. Oh man! I, I think we can get it, get it out of the way early enough. Stuart Stuart Eminem is fantastic. Oh, he's, a, he's the saving they, grace they, of the series. No one, has, I, no one has any complaints about him. Yeah, I am at this point. I've decided when I finish this, and you know it's funny because this I, I compare this issue to Transformers Two. <laughs> at the end of it, I thought, okay, that was all right. Yeah, and then I gave it any kind of modicum of thought, and yep. it started to get worse and worse and worse. And then I, I went, it got so bad that I went back to my fanboy and changed my rating. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. You mean you had to unpull it, then repull yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I thought uh, this also was not dirty. Pretty bad, and the. To me, it's a wasted opportunity because I think Siege worked so well because it was focused. Yep. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had one story. That, you know, of course, there's always a B or a C story, but we had basically one story. There was, there was a fight at Asgard. This is all over the place. You don't stay, yes. with, anyone, yep. you don't stay with anyone long enough to care. Yep. You know, the whole, the whole, the whole spoiler alert, the whole t- t- crux of this issue is that Bucky dies, Bucky Cap. But we, we see him for like two he died? pages. Did he, did he die or he just oh, fucked up? He's got, he's got a, a hole, hole in the size chest. of a Buick in his chest. He's just fucked <laughs> up, I think. I don't think he's dead. Um, I, I think he's real fucked up. Look at the two pick, look at the beginning and coming in. And then, and then like, there's no look emotion. Look at it coming up in. Yeah, I see it. I see it. He's dead. Or for now. There's no emotional weight to his death because we barely have spent any time with him. Right. Well, well, so, so much more so because, because I, it's not clear that he's dead. Well, th- th- that's I don't think it's clear that he's dead. It's not comic book every dead. comic book death. You don't uh, know exactly because the last page is like, <gasps> and they don't show you. I, I think, Connor, you, you nailed it. So I, I saw somebody comment on the site, and I, and I tended to agree with it, was that it's just it, – it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with it. It's just going through a bunch of motions. Yep. Like it's hitting all the points that it's supposed to, and it seems to have all the check marks of this kind of thing. But it's the same thing we've seen for the most part. I mean it's, it's remarkably similar to the ring thing. I mean, it really is. It's just all these hammers, and it's changing what they can do and sort of what it's about. Uh, you know, there's a different background behind it. I, I just, it's not, it's just off a little bit. Like, the characterizations just feel off a little bit. It's just not quite there, and I, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I feel like I want to like it. Well, I, I, like I, don't I, think I don't think there's a problem with the characterizations. Like, I didn't have a problem. Like, I'm like, oh, that's not Steve, or that's not, you know, or whatever. Well, I had a problem. The, the, there was a the lot pro- of dialogue hang on, where hang, hang, uh, but the problem is, Loki said screw something, and I was like, that, that yeah. sounds, that sounds yeah. wrong. But I, I didn't run into that problem. But the, what, the problem is exactly what Connor said is that it, and maybe I didn't have that problem because it never lingered on a character more than two pages. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it feels like you're, the camera is shifting before you get a chance to really get a sense of where you are. And so you didn't take in what just happened before you moved on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's just so much to do, and and you know, to be fair, I'm guessing you know the sort of mandate for something like this is like keep it exciting, keep it the action, go with that. But I need something more personally, yeah. and there there you know, in a way that you said you didn't spend enough time with Bucky Cap to care about it. Well, they are relying on the fact that you knew him before, so that has some sort of but relevance. It's, it's, but it's like it's like you're, it's, it's like a character walking to the room and gets shot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. sure it's shocking, but there, you need you need to have that that journey to the getting shot to really get invested in it. Yep. You need to they see just, him fight this guy. He, we see him for two pages fighting, and at first I thought, ooh, this is going to be a good issue because there's a, some action going on, and then we, we skip to another scene. Um, so the fact know, that like we're, you, we're gone for so long, it doesn't really you, – you don't have that through line in the story to get built up into it. So when he dies, I, and, it's I, a tragic moment. and I know that we've changed Lokis around a bunch of time, but like Loki seemed weird to – like he, I don't know. Like the, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like his Asgard dialogue. It's – Something's not right about it. But then, so they're about to have Thor escape, and then Odin shows up, and then basically says, "No, it's okay. Go take your hammer." Like so, there was no point in having him show up. It was just a, yeah. a gasp, yeah. but with no 
reason because the story went exactly the same way it would have without him being there. Yeah. So far, so far, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, but it's man, rough. Stu- rough. Stuart Eminem. And I, I don't even want to just say Stuart Eminem because uh, Wade Von Grawbadger. Oh, I got mm-hmm. to say it. Yeah. Uh, and and Laura Martin, like the whole thing together, and and Chris Eliopoulos on like it's a great looking book. Yeah. Uh, you know the production on it all, all the way through uh, is really great. Yeah. Um, that part. So then moving on to Flashpoint number two. Um, I tweeted this, but I had to say, between reading uh, Fear Itself and Flashpoint, I've come to the conclusion that the comic industry hates Paris. Yeah. <laughs> just, they, they, they hate that, that city. <laughs> Stay away from the city. <laughs> well, let's, let's get the artist out of the way again. I thought, as opposed to the first issue, which was weirdly all over the place in terms of Andy Kubert, I thought this issue was very solid like Kubert. Yeah. It all yep. looked like his style that we expect from him. There was no strange variations. Agreed. I thought... Except for one or two panels, especially the one where Aquaman first shows up, that was kind of weird. But other than that, I thought it was very solid art-wise. Yeah, it was much. It was much better looking. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it was more consistent that way. I was very happy to see that as I as yeah. I read through that. Now, story-wise, on the other hand, unfortunately, I can't make my mind up. Yeah, <laughs> I want like I want to like it a little bit, but some of it I don't. And the the one thing the one thing that got me is that so there's this scene in the beginning that was very compelling. Of of Batman basically beating up Barry as Barry tries to explain everything, and then Batman turns on a dime for yep. reasons I don't understand. Well, he finds out that Bruce is alive and is you know like it's the Bruce thing that that gets him. Yeah, but it. why yeah. is I guess? But it it happened after that, and it was just an yeah. odd moment. And he's like, "Wait, tell me more." Yeah, okay. I, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And and you know, if we're talking about a new paradigm here, we uh, you know we haven't reached that. I don't know why, but this is you know. So far, this is story is Barry trying to figure out how to get his world back. So it's going to yeah. be a weird turn. Now, so. now the the one thing is is the Wonder Woman Steve Trevor scene. I thought was all right. I mean, it introduced Wonder Woman, introduced that world, it introduced what was going on in that thing. I didn't have a real problem with that. I will give Jeff Johns credit that when it moved over to the Barry Allen trying to recreate the lightning, um, the, yeah. the lightning thing, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that happening. <laughs> that, I that, wanted it to be like if he would die there. I know. I like, oh, look at that. <laughs> to see, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I turned, like, right, the well, lightning, correct, the lightning Jeff. strikes, the chemical goes off, he screams, and then you turn the page, and it's a charred Barry Allen. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I'll give like- him, I'll give him that much credit in that where Fraction hasn't surprised me for itself. That kept me guessing. Yeah, I yeah. also, re- I mean, I liked. I have pirate Deathstroke. I like yeah, I mean, the thing cool. is, yeah. I like the concepts a lot, and I think there are some storytelling problems just in this. Similarly to Fear itself, is what, there's a lot to cover in this mm-hmm. in this one sh- issue that it that it's hard to latch onto things. But I like the ideas and I like the characters a lot. So that's the that's the one difference I have. And, I, and it and it also, I mean, it ties into we had four Fear itself books that came out in addition to this book. And so I wow. like the entire world that, that they're four that they Flashpoint books that come out as that's well. What that's what I'm saying. Four Flashpoint books are. Oh, I'm sorry. Flashpoint Fear itself. They both start with F. It's, yeah. Oh, it's so weird how that – it's like the movies when there's all the meteor movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, but, so I, I like – in conjunction with everything, I really enjoy this world that they're building. Now, they haven't really hooked – given you the, really the emotional hook yet of the story other than Barry wanting to get home. But um, it, as a whole, as a, as a world, as an else world, I'm enjoying this, this reality. I mean especially – when you like Batman: Night of Vengeance was awesome. Well, hey, well, we're gonna get we're gonna get into the into the into the, the tie-in books, but before we do that, so Flashpoint number two better than number one? How do we feel about it? like you, yes, yeah, better yes. than number one? Okay, yeah, yes, I'm in agreement, but not, but not by much. That's my point. So it was it was I was a little more into great cover by the way. Yeah. I really like of him yeah. in the electric chair. That was fantastic. So so now the four tie-in books launched, and and I said you know I'm gonna try them all. Mm-hmm. And I picked up all four. I, I got them as well. You got the Josh. Did you get any of them? Or I bought uh, Batman. Okay, so let's start with Batman, Batman then. I guess right. So Batman, I totally agree with you, Connor. Eduardo Riso, awesome. No, no one can ever complain about him. Yeah. Uh, except that, except that every somebody... time every time I open these books, I, I open up to the middle Tommy Lee Edwards Super Eight yeah. comic, and I'm just like, why? I... <laughs> uh, somebody made the comparison on Twitter. This was like Batman via scalped. And it kind of was. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of Dark Knight Returns, Batman. That's what I kept thinking because he's I didn't I was like oh he's old. Yeah, you see, finally, like that, that was that that's the thing we brought up in I think we talked about it on the podcast or I might have talked about it in a, a night out. But um, like in this world, like he's got to be old because well, Thomas Wayne. Is yeah, old Thomas guy. Wayne's got to be old. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad to see that carry through in this book. Um, I I did cringe a little when I saw the Joker at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I don't that know. doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know the movie. I mean, yeah, you, you have to. Him. You can't really mean he's in shadow mostly. No, but it's it's the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's like every no, every Marvel not. character becomes looking like their movie character. Yeah. Right? Well, we're gonna get to that in Abin Sur in a moment, but yeah, but um, uh, no, but I thought I thought the the star of this for me was Eduardo Riso. I mean, even the story was even good too, but this was just it was just like oh man, I forgot how good he is. <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, like with Brian Azzarello, uh, especially yeah. writing. You know, Brian Azzarello in general. Actually, I'm not even going to specify. He can you you get a different one every time. Yeah. You know, sometimes tone is always he's no problem with tone or dialogue. He's always very good with that. But sometimes the story is real hard to pick out. Yeah. And I think in this one, uh, he was definitely on it. Uh, but you know he's done Batman a lot of times. He knows Batman. He's got that. Well, remember the Wednesday Comics Batman was all, that him yeah. and Risa yeah. did was great. Yeah. So so I am going to keep buying the series. <laughs> it's good. It's no, three no, no, that's, so that, that's what I'm sorry. That's what I'm doing. I tried all these, and I'm, this week I'm deciding which ones I'm going to keep, which ones I'm not going to okay. keep. So I'm going to keep Batman. Surprise. Which one would you like to talk about next? Uh, let's talk about Avan Sir. Or what, Josh? Did you get Avan Sir? No, I just bought Batman. This, oh, you just bought Batman. Okay, so a right. couple of things about this one. Um, First, it's funny. They're basically doing Blackest Night in one, in one three-issue miniseries. Well, the, the main thing I took away from this is that a whole not, a whole, not a whole lot has changed in the Green Lantern world in the Flashpoint universe. Yeah, well. Other than other than the timeline. Well, because you think about what what is the Flashpoint universe? It is yeah. it is um, the Reverse Flash has gone back in time and changed things. Yeah, sure that affects Earth, but would that really affect the rest of the cosmos? Right? No, not at all. Yeah. So oh, so, so in this in this Avenger exists. Sinestro is is still a Green Lantern, and they're doing the and they're in the middle of Blackest Night basically. And both Avenger and Sinestro look a whole lot like the movie counterparts. Um, just noting it. That's all. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm just fun. noting it. I actually really like the art. Um, I really like the art too. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really nice looking book. Yeah. Who was um, it? It's these both guys I never heard of. The artist was Felipe Massafera. Yep, and it was written Whenever by Adam Adam Schlagman, who I believe was used to be an editor. <laughs> I think. Really. Whenever there's art. a guy that you've never heard of, he's always he's always Felipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I thought the art was strong, and, and it's Green Lantern. I mean, it's classic. It's it's green. It's it, I mean, it was it was familiar enough that it, you know Atrocitus is in it, and he's a Red Lantern. You know, like it all kind of. It, you know, like it wasn't that far off of the Green Lantern world. And I, mean, I actually enjoyed this Green Lantern story more than I've enjoyed Green Lantern in the book since yeah. Blackest Night. And so for me, this was a really fun ride because I was like, oh, Green Lantern, fun again. You know why? Why? Because there's only like two or three people in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. It was Sinestro and it was Abin Sur. So that was really, it was, I really liked this. So I'm going to keep with that too. I'm going to keep with Abin Sur as well. All right. So next. Uh, Secret Seven. Secret Seven, Peter Milligan, George Perez. Yes. And also Fernando Blanco, I think, yep. drew some of it. Um, very un- unlike me, but I love this. I'm curious as to why, because I had a hard time finishing it. Oh, it was wacky. It was just crazy. I just yeah. like it. It was just totally. It was just like it, this. Feels like the most Vertigo book of this batch. It was Shade the Changing Man yeah. in, in Flashpoint, and it was. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it was so wacky and all over the place that I had a hard time really connecting to it. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. it uh, one notable thing to note in here that it looks like a monitor was in this. It could be. It looks like a monitor. It looks a looks whole like a monitor. A monitor. But, um, I don't know. I just really like. I, I love the art. I thought the art was great. I mean, well, it's uh, Perez. But my, yeah. my my problem, I think, was, and you said this is this is a very Vertigo esque book. Yeah. I don't know. if Perez is the right artist for this kind of story. But that's why I think that's why I liked it that because be you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the old uh, beginning of Vertigo, like eighty, like eighties, early nineties Vertigo mm-hmm. stuff. Like it right. reminded me of the stuff that you know, like you know, Animal Man, Swamp Thing, like all like the early, early kind of Vertigo days, um, right. which I, was DC. Right, right. That's yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't I, know, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about staying with it. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to stay with it. Okay. And then World of Flashpoint. World of Flashpoint, written by Rex Ogle and drawn by Eduardo Francisco. Francisco. It's like it's like we're reading like another industry. Like who are these people? Like who's Rex Ogle? It just sounds like an Argentinian phone book. Rex Ogle sounds made up. I'll be honest with you. I like that name. Maybe it's Ogle. This, is, this is Doctor Thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> it is Doctor Thirteen and his daughter. That's that's who the characters are. Oh Dr. right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Doctor Thirteen and Stacy Thirteen, and uh, I liked this a lot. You did. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting to, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it as much. I, I liked this one the least, probably. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was awful, but I didn't. It didn't grab me as much. Um, In so, the story, oh, Rex, Ogle, Thir- Rex Ogle was an editor as well. There you go. Yeah. So. In this story, Doctor Thirteen is part of a cabal of world leaders, including a Nazi with a giant swastika. Yep, I did enjoy that. So. Who? Um, no, no, you didn't. No, um, I didn't. I mean, who, you know what I mean. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> I want to specify whose plan is to nuke the nuke the part of the world because they they're they're under the they're they're going to nuke Europe basically because of the whole war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman going on in Europe, and it's causing trouble in the whole world. So they're gonna they're gonna drop some bombs on on Europe, and she's trying. To, his daughter's found out she's gonna try to stop him. So that's I really enjoyed it. I, I did. 
I don't know why. Yeah. I can't really put my finger on why, but I did. I like the character. Yeah. So it's I, a lot. It's I mean, a lot, was, it, a lot of Flashpoint, but I didn't um, like. I didn't fall in love with that one, so I'm not going <laughs> to stick with it. So. But the, the, my, my my point is reading all these together as as one, which is what I did. I really enjoyed this whole wide world that they've created. Interesting. So they, it's, a, they, it's, Elseworlds. You. it's an Elseworlds. They've got it is, me. Well, it's not. Well, is it an Elseworlds? Well, it's like that. It's like the fun I have in an Elseworlds, which is to sure. explore these new characters in a, that are presented in a new way, or these old characters in a new way. Yeah. Is it fun though? Because you know you can still go back to the other one. What do you mean? See, that's something that you know. This is this is this is this is the, the question. The question. This is it now. This is this is not Elseworlds. Yeah, I enjoy it. This is, I enjoy it. This is worlds. Well, it well could we, be. We, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I, no, I don't know. We know at the end of this, we're not. Well, we don't know. But basically, I'm enjoying it, and there's really no qualification on why. This is just the okay. story. I don't like it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Whew, so a lot of event. It's a lot of event books. A lot of event books. So shake shake off the flashpoint. Shake off the event books. Let's get back to some normal comics. Um, <laughs> some comics that matter. Now, uh, so for, oh. first issue of a series that I've been uh, waiting for for a while. Uh, Fifty Girls, Fifty Number One from Image. Um, you know, uh, written by Frank Cho and Doug Murray, uh, with art by Axel uh, Axel Medellin. Um, Doug Murray of, of the Nam. Yes, Doug Murray of the Nam. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, the now I'm going to make a comparison, and by no means am I saying this is on the same level as it, but scratching a similar itch that Fear Agent has scratched for us over the years. Fifty Girls Fifty is totally scratching that sci-fi genre romp kind of epic, but instead of drunk Heath Houston, you've got um, a bunch of women uh, women uh, trying to get home from Earth in spaceships. What's, now, what's see, is it, That's the plot? That's the plot, yeah. See, now, I flipped through it. I decided not to get it because it is like that on the surface, but it didn't, it didn't seem like it had that edge. That, it did, that it, it, it did lack a little of that. Like, remember, I, you know, I always go back to that moment at Heroes Con when I read the first Fury Agent trade, and I was like, this is fucking great. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I, read, it, I read a few pages, and I didn't get that. Yeah. I was like, hey. I, I'll, I'll, totally upfront and honest that it, it, did, it does lack that. But, I mean, it ranged from space to kind of savage jungle kind of uh, location. Um, it's hitting all those notes. And, you know, on a five-star scale, I, you know, it was, a, it was a solid three and a half or four. Like, it was fun. Um, you know, not you know, and it's only a four issue miniseries, and you know, with Frank Cho, there's going to be lots of women and and th- that sort of but thing. He's not. But he's not drawing it. He's though. not drawing no. it. No, no. But he's writing it, and it, just because he likes to draw women doesn't mean he doesn't like to write women. So right, but yeah, I'm saying but, it's like Tony Daniel. Yeah, I'm not. And I'm not saying Frank Cho's a bad writer. I'm just saying I, I go. Yeah. I like Frank Cho for his art. Yeah, true. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was. I mean, it was fun. But but by no means is it like, oh my god, this is the best comic book ever. But it was. It was a fun little romp for a four issue miniseries. It's cool. Some some a little different. And like the thing is like. You know, now that Nova's gone, now you know, like I'm, I'm, I find myself itching for a little sci-fi fun. You know, like spaceships. I mean, it's basically the the lost in space kind of. You know, like they're they're in spaceships trying to get home. That's all. That's the story. So simple. I'm enjoying the heck out of Moon Knight. Still, Moon Knight Two was awesome. When he, I just love the crazy. When he, uh, the crazy is fantastic. So like, so this issue. So I got to and I got to give some credit. So the issue opens up with uh, Moon Knight and Spider Man and Wolverine and Captain America in front of like a bad guy hideout and them debating what they should do. That whole conversation was great, but that was just typical Bendis. Um, and turns out it's a strip club and a woman is lecturing the strippers that they're there to get information. And, and that's what their jobs are. And, you know, and them they'll get paid for the more information they get. I thought that was a great premise. And then when quote unquote, Spider-Man walked into the strip club and I realized it's not Spider-Man, it's Moon Knight in a makeshift Spider-Man costume. I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that part. I, the whole co- the whole conversation in the beginning was which hero was going to go in. Yep. So you got to figure if he had chosen Captain America in his head, he would have walked in in a Halloween cast ca- Captain America Halloween costume. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it was just very funny. I, I oh. have a dream. To, I have a dream to dance. Yeah, it was ve- it was very very funny. And, and like and he's got and he's got this um he's got these uh, gauntlets that look like web shooters. But then when the when the uh, heroes decide that Spider Man's not getting the job done and Cap says Wolverine go in, he pops the claws. Uh, it was great. I mean, like it, it's a new dimension to the whole multiple personality thing that is really, really entertaining. And and I thought Malieve's art was 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 better than the first one. I thought, in fact, this is Malieve. I, I prefer to the other Malieve. Exactly. Still not. It's still not as good as the old Daredevil Malieve, but this is much better than. And these. I meant to email the iFanboy staff because we were talking about this last week. But uh, the resurgence of Echo. The big twist is that Echo was undercover yeah. in the club. And now he blew her whole operation. So yep. now they're kind of teamed up. And what happened for, to her? And for some, well, she's been undercover. She was off so. stripping. Under, yeah. undercover. But she was no, but was she Ronan? Yeah, she, she was, was Ronan. She was Ronan. In, 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 she was on the Avengers. Yeah, 
Yeah, she she, she even that. says it. She's like, I was an Avenger for all 44 seconds. And then, yeah, but what happened? Like, Clint showed up and he, she was like, here's the suit. And gonna, yeah, no, what happened, was, what happened was that when they went, when they, when Dark Reign started, they went back to New York. The last moment Echo was seen was Danny Rand saying, come back to, we're going back to Bucky's apartment. And she didn't go. And that was the last moment anybody saw her. So. Did Clint sleep with her? I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> um, what I don't understand great. is, did, sure. did, did Mark Spector sleep with her? Like, why is she in her underwear in the scene? Because they're in bed. So they, did they do it? No, he was asleep. He got yeah. knocked out. Okay. Yeah. A lot of sleep, I guess, unconscious off. is a better yeah. word. Just look good, though. Looking good, Echo. All right, Looking all good. Right. Life model. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Uncanny X-Force number 11, I'm just going to – I mean, it's, uh, it's a monthly gush about what Remender is well, doing. it's a bi-weekly do- gush. A bi-weekly gush about what Remender is doing this. He made going back to Age of Apocalypse completely plausible and completely awesome. And the secret MVP of this entire 11 issue run so far is absolutely Dean White. Because somehow Dean White and his color palette is, a- is being able to take Opeña, Ribic, uh, Billy Tan, and now Mark Brooks. And- he, didn't, he didn't color the last Billy Tan issue. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Justin Ponsor did. Um, but anyway, um, the color palette is what is uniting the look and feel of this. You know, and like Mark Brooks, I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I think he draws in that kind of way that I don't like. And while it, it teetered over in that direction a little bit more, again, like with Billy Tan, it, it, the story rose such above that that I was I rode with it. And as an X Men fan, this is like I I can't even describe how much fun this is. So I never read Age of Apocalypse, but I re- enjoyed the story quite a bit. You never read um, Age of Apocalypse? No, I wasn't reading. You X-Men would at that time. you would totally love it, Connor. Totally, like, like for the uh, reasons why you like Flashpoint. Yeah, I, I'm, no, I'm yeah. sure I would. I just, yeah. That was the time when I wasn't reading X Men. Um, so what I was thinking about when I was reading this book is it was it was really good. The story is really strong, and the art was was fine. But I think when Opania is not drawing it, it be, it ceases to become an upper echelon book. It simply be- simply becomes a very good book. Fair enough, yeah. Whereas when Opain is drawing it, it's like a whole other thing happening. Well, well, and but that's and that's the difference between you versus me coming at it. Where for me, like this is like I'm going to read this no matter who's drawing it because these are my characters, this is my world, and that sort of thing. And and but for you, like because you're not normally a an X Men reader or a not normal X Men reader. Opeña is the push off the clip, you know what I mean? Like the the art would be oh, like, it's, like is, Bat- yeah. it's like Batman and Robin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like when I read well, Batman and Robin for Quietly. Yep. Well, this is this is a great book and I'm reading it despite the artists who I may not enjoy. What I'm saying is yeah. it's like when Quietly was drawing Batman and Robin, it was a crazy upper echelon book whereas yeah, right. when he wasn't, it was a very good book. Yeah, exactly. This is, yep. this is almost saying. the same thing. And yeah. Josh is right. This is like when Opeña's drawing it, it's like this is one of the best superhero books being made. When he's not, it's it's still one of the it's still lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I bought that that one through three special issue, and and I realize they're not going to come out with the four through six, <laughs> so I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. I don't want to buy the trade. I already read the first half of it. Yeah, I got to find back issues or something. Yeah, <sighs> have fun You're with drunk? that. Drunk? I know you got <laughs> <laughs> hitting the sauce. Um, but anyway, it was, it was great. To, <laughs> it, it was great to revisit Age of Apocalypse in a scenario that matters. Well, Josh, they've been coming out bi-weekly, so I probably have the last six in the stack on my desk. I can probably dig up for you. They've been know. coming out like it seems like every. No, it's, it seems it's, like it's weekly. Been, it's been bi-weekly for at least. Oh, a month. it's awesome! I or love two it. Months, it's I think. great. It's fantastic. I think we should really only be on like issue seven. Yeah, I know, and I, and we're on issue eleven, which is awesome. Which is like, ah, oh, yeah. So. Rick's okay with it too. I'm sure he is. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. But uh, Uncanny X Force number eleven, I loved it. It's an Age of Apocalypse. Oh, so much fun! I can't wait to see where it goes. It was a lot of good, a lot of fun. Yeah. So real quickly, want to uh, tell everybody about uh, about the world of digital comics and graphically. Um, iFanboy is a member of the Graphically fam- family, and uh, if you are into digital comics and if you've got a phone or an iPad or an Android device or your computer, you can read comics from Marvel, Top Cow, Boom, IDW. Tons of more publishers. They've got over 3,000, close to 4,000 comics up on the platform uh, for you guys to read and check out. Uh, like I said, available on the web, on your Android phone or tablet, iPhone, iPad, whatever you like. Where, wherever you like to read comics, you can. Um, and what's even better is that rolling out uh, this week, in fact, uh, keep an eye out on Twitter.com slash Graphically for the announcement. But the new Graphically website is coming out, and uh, it's going to be a whole new way to interact with comics online uh, and read comics uh, on, on the web. And uh, I've, we've seen it. We, you know, we work there. We deep in the weeds with it, and it's actually it's a pretty big release, and I'm really excited about it. So, so if you haven't checked out Graphly yet, please do. Do us a favor. It keeps us in business. keeps us rolling. So go to Graphly.com. Check it all out and keep an eye out for the new website coming out later this week. What are digital oh. comics? <laughs> Never heard an of An essay them. by Connor Kilpatrick. <laughs>
Uh, I wanted to be talk, slow to you, but fine. I wanted to talk very briefly about Hellboy, The Fury Number 1. Everyone's now, been guys, raving about this. You guys, well, here's the thing. You know this story's been going on since since we were all in short 1990, pants. 1993, yeah. like 4, something yeah. like that. I never wore this, short pants. This, you wear I've, them now. I've seen you in them, my friend. What are short pants? Uh, shorts. Shorts. Oh, I don't, I don't, I, mine, go down, mine go past my knee, though. They're still shorter than pants, aren't they? Sure, yeah. Okay, here we it's go. It's not qualified. Not, we're not talking about capris here. Okay, This, right. this we're story... We're not Gordon. All right. This story has been going on a really long time, and it, he, Hellboy literally wandered for a, a while. I remember This that. is starting to feel like a c- conclusion is building. You think he's going to die? You know, I think he has to. Yeah. Because the, the, the part of the prophecy, the thing that he's been avoiding the whole time, is that he is going to be the one who brings about the end of the world. Right. And Do you so, think the world's going to die? Well, it's either the world or him. I think he has to make a sacrifice. Like, and you know what's going to happen. is like he's going to be looking at whatever the thing is, and he's going to realize that he has to go. And he's going to say, exactly, he's going to say, oh, crap. And, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a great issue uh, in a couple of different ways. There's sort of two settings, what Hellboy's doing and then what his new girlfriend is doing. And she's got Excalibur and, and the way that that story went. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty damn good. Like it, it's just, it feels like third act. And I, I, you know, I'd be really sad to see Hellboy end and it's not, then they'd be telling you if it was coming up, but it really feels like we're, we're reaching some sort of culmination. And I, and I want to, I think we, it needs to, it's been building towards something and you have to get there. Now I'm uh, reading this in library editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what volume will this be? <laughs> it's good. Uh, uh, six, maybe? No, no, no. Se- seven? I've got three here, and we're, we're, that's like... I think five are solicited. Twelve. Ooh. This, this would be like way off in the future. I, got, I just got the first one. Because I was like, I never got it. After I made the BPRD book, the book of the month, I was like, I never got that library edition. So I went to go find it, and I realized it's out of print. So it's 180 bucks everywhere. And so then I saw it at Midtown Comics, and I had that twenty dollars off, so I bought it. But I just had the first nice. one, which is nice, silly. Right. I'm gonna be that behind. That was the month many years ago. Yeah, I know. And it, hell yeah, uh, Jonah Hex number sixty-eight, sixty-eight issues. Jonah Hex people, I can't come. If they cancel that tomorrow, what am I gonna do? I'll be fine. Sixty-eight is yeah. a lot of time. Um, what, what did you think? You added this to the list. I'm curious. This was one of my favorite issues in a while. Really, it was basically a locked room mystery. And what I liked about it was. These these guys find a body in this town. Ta- in the town, they gotta find, they gotta pin it on somebody. Otherwise, the town will get a reputation for for violence, and they don't want that. So they decide that they're gonna pin it on the stranger in town, and he's Jonah Hex. So they go to his hotel room, and they say, "We're gonna string you up for the murder." And he sa- he says, "No, of course." So he basically talks them out of killing him, talks them into hiring him to fi- find <laughs> the killer. And they say, "Will you find the killer?" He says, "No, you gotta pay me. It's what I do for a living." And they say, "Okay, we'll pay you." And he turns around and shoots the guy and says, "That's the killer." I, I just like that. I like the setup of this whole that. Big, this- Whole big build up, and then he just turns around and shoots the guy and says, "That that, that was a perfect moment. That was like that's knowing your character. It was dead or alive." And they're like, "Either one," and then he shoots him. Uh, I I I didn't I didn't love the art in this I one. Was, like, very evocative. I, I thought it didn't work all the time, but I thought there was panels of it that worked really well. well. There was there was bits. It's very melty looking. Everybody looks like melting wax, and I think at times I just didn't know who I was looking at, and that was the only thing because they were all locked in this tiny little room, uh, and and it was very cr- the pages were very crowded. Uh, so yeah. that that was that would have been my complaint on it, but uh, story wise, that was very interesting. Mm. Now uh, I'm starting to feel f- with Amazing Spider-Man the way I felt at the end of JMS's run, <laughs> in which I didn't care anymore. Yeah, it's it's really kind of going off the rails a little bit. <laughs> I found myself not at all caring what was happening in the book. Yeah. Um... This is this is it's tough. I kind of feel bad because it's well. I mean, first off, uh, you know, we have the return of Anti Venom with some awful dialogue. Yeah, like the fact, you know, the idea that that Anti Venom is out there. Criminals beware! You're a disease, and I'm the cure. I'm like, really? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Even Eddie Brock wouldn't talk like that. And then the big twist for longtime Spider-Man fans is that Wraith is Gene DeWolf. Yeah, um, which I didn't like. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's. It is what it is, what it is, you know. And then whether or not it actually is Gene Gene DeWolf, who knows if it is? Like, because you know, the the idea towards the end, Carly, pu- you know, points out Mysterio was planning something like this, and maybe it's not actually her. That's what. But like, yeah, I was just like, oh, and I know this is like leading up to to Spider Island, which is supposed to be really big and and really good, and I've heard good things about it. But Dan Slott's not making it easy on us, that's for sure. So, I really considering dropping. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to get the next one. There's a couple. I actually 
took an axe to the my pull list this week and dropped a couple of long time books. So I might make this another one. I'm not wow. sure. Wow, harsh, harsh really, times. I'd be bummed out if I did because I, I loved it's been it. Pre, so good, I know. Pre I know. big time, I loved this book yeah. so much, and now I just don't find myself caring all that yeah. much. So uh, real quickly, uh, Zombie Christmas Carol came out for Marvel, um, which I, I picked up on a whim. Well, partially Jim McCann wrote it, and I just I, I love the idea of a Christmas Carol and tying it in with zombies because it really is like a ghost like a, like it's one of those things where like why hasn't someone done this before? Um, and it was fun. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for a Christmas Carol. I love that story, um, and this was very much uh, true to Dickens and true to the the uh, Christmas Carol story, but uh, uh, amping up the zombies. Which I thought was fun, <laughs> right? So, I, and actually, I, the the art I actually really enjoyed the art. I, I love really, it. That sort of yeah. sort of Disney, yep, animated style, yeah, uh, with a little bit of tone to it. Yeah, I really really liked it. Yeah, the the art was very animationy, kind of, um, uh, very yeah. Like I could see that I could see this flowing as an animated story as opposed to a comic. <laughs> um, it was really wordy though, but I think that's mainly because the source material. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, so he condensed Dickens. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. So. Uh, cool. Finally, uh, who is Jake Ellis? Number four um, just continues to deliver. I, I just, I, you know, I and I've heard rumblings that this book is is going to be an ongoing, but the last page says it's you know next issue five of five, which I don't think it actually is. But this we get a little twist and we find out uh, the main character finds the the secret file of Jake Ellis. Uh, and it ends, it, it ends. So now you will know who Jake Ellis. Yeah, is. exactly. And and it ends with him staring, holding the file of Jake Ellis, staring at the Jake Ellis in his head. And then it's. I was like, ah, oh, don't end. Like it was the perfect kind of cliffhanger kind of thing. Like as the alarm is going off because they broke into a you know to a this place. And I don't know. It was just, it was good. It was just, I I love this book. This book is this, the so the second series will be called that guy. That's Jake Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that guy there. Very, very straightforward. Yeah, very globe. Totally. They're in Morocco. Like very globe trotting kind of. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to the trade a lot. Yeah. You'll, you'll like it. You will. You kind of. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. So, that's all the books that we have to talk about. But uh, it's not just us who matter. Not not at all. Uh, we thought we would take a look at the top five picks of the week uh, from the community as of the time of recording. So it could change by the time you hear this. Uh, number five, uh, Ron, you will go along with this. It's Uncanny X Force number eleven Woo-hoo! with four point four percent. Number four. Uh, Fear itself, number three, with with only five point one percent, which is fairly low for an event book at this point from Marvel. Um, Shield, volume two, number one, six point eight percent at number three. Uh, number two, Connor's pick, Criminal, the Last of the Innocent, number one, with fourteen point four percent, and number one, Dominating, Flashpoint, number two, forty seven point six percent. Bunch of crazy Domin- people. Bunch of crazy people. It was good. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys? What did you guys? Did you guys pick, or did you guys have one? Or I think I was Uncanny X Force. I just finished. I just finished my stack right before we started recording, so I haven't really thought about it yet. Although Shield was a real, I really enjoyed Shield, and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But I really did enjoy Shield. So possibly, possibly Hellboy. All right. Uh, well, let's fair. get some user reviews. So let's, let's, when you go to iFanboy.com slash comics, you can make your pull list. You can choose your picks of the week that and you get on, get your books into the top five list, and also. You can write reviews, and you can also record video reviews, which you're doing a lot, but we can't read those on the show, so sorry. That was uh, actually, so, yeah, that's, that's really kind of interesting. So Silver Age Tom reviewed the Hulk number 34 and gave the story a 2 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And at the time of recording, 0% of the people made this their pick of the week. And here's Tom's entire review. He says, I miss Gabe Hardman already. This <laughs> issue seems to have got, come completely out of left field. Here we've been following the Red Hulk in a story very much based in a world of super science and political intrigue. And bringing the Skara world into this comic seems unneeded. The World War Hulk storyline works so well because it was a change of pace for the character when we needed it the most. This is a storyline that, while not bad, is just superfluous and seems out of place in the current Hulk run. And this is – I dropped Hulk with this issue. I, I, I almost didn't buy it because it wasn't Gabe. And I'm like, well, but I've been, been so pro-Hulk and it's been so good. Let me stick with it. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't bought this. Not only is it not Gabe Hardman, but it literally, like I said, out of nowhere. And now it's in the whole Planet Hulk thing, which I didn't read, which I'm not saying was bad. But I, did, I'm not, I don't have any, any, anything related to it. So it's like, it was a combination of not being Hardman. Also, yeah. I just don't, I don't care about that storyline. Exactly. Line. Exactly. So See, here's the thing. Is that I... I, I <sighs> Like I started reading it and I was all pissy. I was like, "What the? I don't, what is this?" Because one thing that's really annoying is when you sort of just change horses in midstream. Like, all you're in the middle of something, and then obviously you just Josh, else. don't change horses in midstream. I know. I thought you'd like that, but then like as I kind of got through, I was like, eh, "It's kind of fun." Like I kind of, I, I kind of liked it. I didn't hate it, but uh, you know, it, it was it was kind of annoying for that. But if it wasn't for that, you know, like 
it was it was a fun diversion. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it to be here. For, so how long does this go? I don't know. And do they ever now, finish? Because Gabe tweeted that he was drawing Hulk, so I assume he's coming back. I guess I don't know. Like I, uh, he's got one last issue. I don't know, oh, but man. he's 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 leaving for a while. He's got yeah. his other job. I might have so. to bail. Yeah, I might have to bail. Oh no! So next month is the Earth Shattering end of Planet Red Hulk. Yeah, so. I'm fine. You know, two issues is fine, but in the middle of the storyline, that's that's not great. But maybe it's you know schedule stuff. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I I like Red Hulk. I think it's funny. He's he. You used to hate actually, Hulk. Yeah, I know. I like Red Hulk. It's not the same as other Hulk. I don't really like Green Hulk that much. Yeah. I like I like that Red Hulk is bemused. Yeah. Like he's a little world weary and he's just like, oh what now? He's yeah. like, he's basically, he's basically Hellboy. Yeah, like, it's true. Hellboy with with, with years of military experience. Yeah. You know what, Josh? Green Hulk doesn't like you. <laughs> How about that? How about that? So um uh, <laughs> next review is from uh, the next champion who reviewed Shield Volume Two Number One and gave the story a two out of five and the art a five out of five. And at the time of this review, seven point six percent of you made it your pick of the week. Three three number three on the top five pick of the weeks. And he says that I'm glad the series is back, but once again I'm puzzled by the bizarre pacing Hickman has for this book. Yes, it's a shame Dustin Weaver has to work on a bi-monthly schedule and it's the price to pay for such gorgeous artwork. But with this scheduling, Hick- Hickman seems to be moving at a snail's pace. I just don't understand why Hickman couldn't condense this issue along with the first volume of issues. What's here is good. I love the reveal of Michelangelo having a sort of Dr. Manhattan power and reveals of, uh, and reveals of Leonid's childhood. But the stuff involving Newton and Da Vinci fighting each other doesn't interest me as much. I'm sorry, dude. You're completely off. This is awesome. I, I love this book. And this, this issue was the perfect bounce back right into it. And we got a taste of Da Vinci. We got a taste of Michelangelo. We got a little bit of, a little bit of everything. And I'm right back into this world. And, uh, and it, it's, I trust Hickman a hundred percent on this. So giving I was so- almost n- not going to buy it, but I did and I enjoyed it. But I, yeah. I have, I do have a problem with, we had this discussion before is that it's so dense and it does move slowly. And we, we can't deny that, that the schedule makes it difficult to really get into it. It just does. I mean, I like uh, it, but yeah. I'd, I'd rather read it in one go because there's so much going on and there's a lot we, to keep track of. We've seen that with other Hickman, with his image stuff, uh, particularly. Yeah. The Fantastic Four stuff, I'm get you know, if it wasn't moving so fast, it'd be a little harder to hold on to. But it also comes out mo- monthly. No, I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it does, so you're okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just, so it, that's, it's okay. a lot of big ideas and it's fun, mm-hmm. but tough. Um, so that's uh, that's that's your opinions. If you want, you can make your own pull list at ifanboycom slash comics, and you can uh, then write reviews and uh, rate all your books and choose your pick of the week and all that stuff. And uh, if you're one of the lucky few, we'll read it on the show. Uh, next up, uh, emails. First email is from Neil B, who said, yesterday I emailed a question asking you guys if you thought DC would go, would go full reboot post-Flashpoint post and if you thought it would be a good idea. An hour after I sent my email, I checked the web and found DC had answered the first part of my question through an article in USA Today. So my question still stands. Do you think a reboot is the way to go? Will it revitalize the DCU line and bring it out of the slump you mentioned you felt DC was in creatively? Secondly, while the, while the news carried with it some information on titles and creative teams, who would you like to see handle the reboot of your favorite titles and characters? Um... I don't I was hoping we'd avoid this topic completely. Do we have time for this? <laughs> I, I don't think we have we time do. for this. Yeah. I, I will describe my opinion of the DC reboot as anyone who's asked me what I think of it. I said I think that it is insane, awesome, desperate, crazy, ballsy, overdue, horrifying. It's like every emotion, like both ends of the spectrum of both sides. I think it's great that they're challenging and trying to change things. I think it's completely um, has the potential to be a huge disaster. Yep. I'm, I'm excited. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I echo your sentiments exactly. I'm almost. really interested to see what happens. I think that there is a bit of a, a shame and a loss in that there's a familiarity that that we might lose a little bit, but. You know that that's a risk that maybe some people should be more willing to take. Like, as I've I've talked about this with Connor. Like, those the books that you have aren't going anywhere. If you want to go read any of them, you could still do that. You know, it doesn't matter because that idea of what matters and what doesn't continuity it's less important than I think we we make we make it than we give it. Um, Absolutely less important. But uh, I, I will be I, I'll be fascinated to see what happens. I, we were talking about this. I think that this is a moment. That's gonna matter, uh, <laughs> no, like business-wise, yeah. in in how comics how comics are done. I mean, it's certainly a big bold move, but n- now it's it's really up to execution. 
Well, uh, I, th- and- I think I think what you're saying is we're either witnessing the changing of the industry or we're witnessing DC cut its throat, and we don't know which one it is yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I really of that is also think- tied to the question that he says, "Who would you like to see handle the reboot of your favorite titles and characters?" We don't have time to get into that, but as they're revealing the creative teams, and Josh, I think you you made you, we were talking about this uh, offline, I think at work, um, like they they need to make bold moves with the creative teams. And actually, a, fr- a friend of mine on Twitter was saying, um, which I give him cre- credit for, he's a comic uh, creator himself. Uh, and he said, you know, DC, give Brian K. Vaughn a bag of money and let him do whatever he wants. This is what I was yeah. saying is that like you – He doesn't care. Her. He doesn't need a bag of money. No, I know. Like, but It's but not it's, him. It's, yeah. But somebody like him, whether it's Neil Gaiman or him or yep. fucking George R. R. Martin, somebody big, they've got to move something. Because when they made their announcements this week, those 10 books, like it was like J.T. Krull, Dan Jurgens, It was just like, oh, it's all those people again. Yeah. Well, they don't. Which, they don't have the access to the creators that that's exciting because they're all Marvel exclusive. But and, this and, is their job. Right. This they, is they their time. Well, you know. You know. Here's the, here's around the contract. Here's the thing. Now, I don't know how much. Um, I, I don't know how much credit we can give to it, or how much we know what happens beyond the scenes. But as far as I know, DC doesn't have a CB Sabolsky. That mm-hmm. Marvel does. Like, I don't know how the ins and outs of creative management and things like that go, but it seems as if DC has failed when it comes to cultivating new talent and getting the exciting ones. That's where Marvel's been edging them out over the past five years. Yeah, we, you we know? talked about this in the show you guys were on last week. Yeah, no, I listened to it. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and that's their problem. And the, 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 and while they have only announced ten of of fifty books, and we haven't heard any of the really big books like that. Batman, Superman. Yeah. Um, and you know the rumors of Grant Morrison if he's writing a Superman book that's huge and a great move and that's yep, exactly. rumors of Dwayne Swears writing Batman and and uh, I'm sure Scott Snyder will still be writing a Batman book and those are all great moves. There's a limit to what they can do because most of the people got tied up with Marvel last year. So yeah, those most of the people who are known comic entities. I'm yeah. saying yeah, like I know for years though you used to complain when whenever somebody from outside of comics would come in and write comics and so now you know like I'm not you, talking about getting Adrian Brody to do it. I'm saying like they have a relationship with Stephen King. Like I feel like especially in this first blast of books, they they would have it would have been really cool to see like just something unexpected. You know, like when you know Damon Lindelof, not him, but something like that. The thing is, like reality wise, those guys aren't going to write comics. They're not going to take the pay cut to write comics, so they got to deal with the reality. They got to deal with what they can actually accomplish, which is not getting guys who are going to cut cut their salary eighty percent to write Batman. They got to they got to deal with what they got. Yeah, and what what they need to do is they need to find they they need to find the not Kevin Smith but a Kevin Smith like like Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like some like somebody w- that somebody's going to bring an out of comics name, but with excitement and with the ability to actually write comics and not be late and not blow it to get like oh shit you know like or bring Brian K. Vaughan back or that, something like it, that yeah. And you're absolutely right; it's not easy. Yeah, but that's I mean, but that's their job. But the thing is. All the things that were announced, yes, it's a new rebooted storyline and everything, but they're still the same characters that people didn't buy before by the same people that people didn't buy them from. Yeah, I mean, like Tony Daniel, and and I'm not bagging on him. They made some very bizarre and head scratching choices. But it's just all their mid list guys who who people darn aren't already weren't excited about. Yeah, I agree. So what's supposed to get people excited? Like, I the the collars. The new costumes. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I get it. Like, like uh, Ivan Reese and Jeff Johns, that's, that's a great team to put on a book. Uh, Aquaman, that probably wouldn't get checked out otherwise. Uh, Cliff Chang on Wonder Woman, that's, that's right. a no-brainer. That's fantastic. Brian Azzarello doing Wonder Woman, that's kind, of, that's kind of interesting to me. But it's not Mark Miller. You know, it's not stuff like that. Wait, like, are I, you going to tell me that the, the, the writing team of Gail Simone and Ethan Van Skyver doesn't have you excited? Man, he... He really did. Uh, he, he bellied up to the bar and really went for it. He guilted up. He guilted his way up to that job. Jeez. Jesus. Man. So, anyway, <laughs> we're, it's it's referring to. It was a thing where Ethan Vizgaiver was on Word Balloon, I think, yeah. and he's like, "I I'm gonna I'm gonna write. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make my own thing." And, and he ends up with a co-writing credit on a Firestorm book. Yeah. <laughs> but if we get Which, back to the overall thing, I what we think of it. I'm I'm formulating my thoughts. I'm probably gonna write a write an article for our family about it at some point in the next few months. <laughs> I, I might wait for more analysis to come up so we have some more data, but. It's exciting, and the thing is, I see people acting like their world is ending, and it's really not. These, these I, I, comics yeah, I, will I go it. on. You have your books that you've already got. They haven't come in and set your collection on fire. If they have, call the police. And <laughs> the, <laughs> there was a man in a Mets hat and a mustache. What happened? <laughs> they, I, you know, I, I, I was reading comics during Crisis and Infinite Earths. This is not my first time going through a, a change in, in the status quo. You will survive. There will be stories you will like. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world, and they haven't destroyed. I see people c- complaining they've destroyed 
70 years of continuity. They already did it three times. This isn't mm-hmm. the first time. It's not like the first time they rebooted. This is far from it. It's just, it's, it's comics. Enjoy. These, none of these stories and, matter. None of them make sense. They're fiction. None of these characters are real. So the end, the end result still is that they had to do something. They had to. They, they had, to. had to. We Nothing know they were doing, their their whole line didn't didn't change the market share one iota. They had to do something right. to, to shake up their place in the industry. They had to do something to save a dying industry. We've been talking for years about how it's a dying industry. They need to do something. They had to make a bold move. Only bold moves yeah. do make waves and save things. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, uh, and you know, I I re- I give them a ton of credit for not. Resting on their laurels and just keeping paddling in the same direction off the cliff, and that's that's would have I mean eventually would have happened. Yep. There may have been bumps or anything, but it, it wasn't going to grow from there. So this is what they're doing. Is it going to work? I have no idea. That's the exciting part. It kind of is. And scary, which is also exciting. Yes, it is. But you know, for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email contact at fanboy.com. I'm sure we're going to be talking about uh, talking about this a lot over the next couple of weeks and months. So get used to it. Um, and we're going to skip the voicemails because we're running out of time. But if you have a que- any questions, you can call in and leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Yes, don't miss is the podcast that we are trying desperately <laughs> to get up every Monday. It's it's hard. Yeah, this is well, why we didn't this, want to do an interview show. This, there's stuff going on behind the scenes yeah. that, uh, you don't know. Is what I'm saying. Uh, we're gonna try to get something up by Monday. We got one last week. Uh, who knew that was gonna happen? Yeah, that was good. So uh, there'll be one more. That don't was a good miss one, the by show the that comes out most Mondays. Yeah, I like the irony of that whole thing. Sometimes Tuesday. Um, also, we had a special edition iFanboy show about X-Men First Class, the movie. So if you go back on your feed, you'll find it to us talking about the film, which has come out this week. Uh, it'll be on the website for streaming, or you can find it on iTunes, or any of the place you listen to this show, just right behind this one, you'll find our this, X-Men this First is good, Class This show. is a fun one to listen to, it'll, it'll be, if you want to hear me gush all over the... Anytime the, there's an X-Men yeah. movie... Exactly. Podcast, <laughs> I gotta say, on, I kind of... I kind of hope it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, that was the first time that I was like, oh, I, I, it's good. That's not going to be very much fun. But if it's bad, <laughs> or if one of us disagree, <laughs> oh, it's going to uh, be interesting. It's going to be good. Man, I don't want to do G.I. Joe again. <laughs> they kick, it was they kill just Havoc Star off Wars. They kill, they kill Havoc off screen. <laughs> uh, Wait, Havoc, G.I. Joe? No, and X-Men. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so go to ifanboy.com and check out all that and, and come talk about the X Men stuff. Hopefully, you enjoyed our week of X Men posts and things like that. I re- well, it was the week of X Men. It was, quickly became the week of DC. I was so I tweeted it. I was so f- angry. It's like it's like DC did this on purpose to ruin my week. It was just like it's like no, <laughs> thank this, you. This DC. is the X Men week. Why? Like DC's just trying to keep the X Men from getting popular again. It's like no, it's not fair. It really was. It was X Men yeah. Monday. I mean, X Men Tuesday, and then and then it became DC week. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> so go to ifanboy.com where you can read all the great posts. I know I personally wrote my ass off this week. I, um, and so you can check out my ratings of the X Men line as well as my suggestions for the artist on Uncanny as, you know, and other great posts. There are other tons of great X Men content. Um, but we're not just X Men. We are also Green Lantern in two weeks. No, but we are also, um, <laughs> we're also all comics. So you, it's something there for everyone. Trust us. Um, great stuff to read. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. Um, and we really thank everybody for coming and commenting and participating. It's totally awesome. Um, and we've got other great stuff, uh, other podcasts like Don't Miss and our special editions and John with Word Balloon every week. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy and go to facebook.com slash ifanboy to get all the up-to-the-minute updates. And we do have a video show. It's amazing. Every Wednesday uh, or around there. Um, <laughs> we don't say morning. We just yeah, say Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, last week, uh, X-Men First Class video came out. Hopefully you enjoyed that. It was a, that was a fun episode. And next week, we're looking at the concept of superpowers. So uh, that's a fun one. So check that out on Wednesday. And as we said earlier, contact at ifanboy.com is our email line. You can write us in to get on the show. And our voicemail line is 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Call with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics. Leave your name. Tell us where you're from. Leave it about 30, 40 seconds. Don't go much longer than that. We can't put that on the show. It's too long. What do you, what do you think we're doing here? No one wants to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> if you like us, uh, you, you can are drunk. <laughs> Yeah, this is country air. <laughs> if you uh, if you like the show, you can write a review for it in iTunes. That's a really good. Well, I, I, at this point, I just want the number to be ridiculous. I just want, <laughs> it's I just like seven hundred other... something, right? It's yeah, like, no, yeah. it's it's getting pretty close to ridiculous. And I think we know what we're gunning for here, and it's four digits because I don't think I think what we can say is at the very least we're the most reviewed podcast in comics. I think that that should be 
Well, let's, not, not, let's, let's, let's check that out before we make claims like that. I, that's No, that's how it works. You just make claims, okay. and then they become true. You say that. That's exactly say like, how it works. We're, we're the best. <laughs> it is. It's true now. Or at least people think it's true. It's okay. Hi, most highly Perception rated one. is most important than reality. Exactly. Uh, so that's iTunes, and that works for any podcast, actually. So if you like other shows, make sure you leave them reviews, too. Uh, like our Don't Most podcast or our video podcast or Word Balloon or t- see what I'm doing there. Uh, or, But the best thing you can do also is just uh, go and tell people about it if you think that they would enjoy any of the programs we do. Even if they wouldn't enjoy every week. But somebody likes Green Lantern, show them a Green Lantern show. That kind of thing. So uh, spread the word and that's, uh, that's how it gets done. Send you know, the tweets if, around. If everyone who listens to this show tells one person about the show. Double the audience. Exactly. I totally stole that from another podcast. Not a college podcast, but another Just tell one person. Just tell one person. That's it. So Even if it's your mom, but she has to listen. Yes. Make her listen. So, anyway. Also send me a dollar. <laughs> one dollar. One American dollar. Suburban tragedy is son of cost mother to listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he is drunk. I gotcha. <laughs> Where'd you get? It's like you had that written. Suburban tragedy. <laughs> tragedy in the suburbs is. <laughs> All right. So on that note, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm an aging hipster. <laughs> 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 <laughs>